When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast, where it's all about inspiring change and transforming lives. And here's your host. He's an Amazon best-selling author, six-figure blogger, internet marketer, and one of the top life coaches in the world, Stefan Palernos. Hey, everyone. This is Stefan from Project Life Mastery. And I'm Tatiana from Lux Health. And today, we're super excited to be joined by Dr. Udo Erasmus, the author of the book, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. Uh, this book here is the Bible of fats. He's also the founder of this product, Udo's Oil, which has uh, been a staple in my diet for the last 10 years. Huge fan of this product. Uh, take it every day. It's a blend of omega-3, 6s, and 9s. And today, Dr. Udo is going to talk to us about health, well-being, the importance of fats in the diet. So I want to say thank you for joining us today. Right, I'm glad thank to be you. here. It's always fun. Yeah. Yes. So, my, so my first question is, do you want to maybe share with people a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you got into doing them today? Wow. How much background do you want? <laughs> you a short version? Yeah, short version. Okay. And in, in 1980, uh, I got poisoned by pesticides. Oh, wow. And that happened because my marriage broke up and I was very upset. I wanted to kill something. So I took a job as a pesticide sprayer. That's what you do with oh, pesticides. Wow. Kill shit. Yeah. Right. And uh, after three years of doing it very carelessly, I used to walk through the pesticide I sprayed on lawns and skin peeled off my feet. And so like, it was, I was really careless. And three years, I got poisoned. And the doctor said, when I asked, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? She said, nothing. Yeah. And that was the day that I realized my health is yeah. my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And if, if I don't care about my health, maybe nobody does, right. right? And because they had nothing for me, I was basically left to my devices to try and figure it out. And I, uh, I have good background in biological sciences. My background is, I, first I did sciences, then became too theoretical. Then I went to biosciences, mm-hmm. wanted to know how creatures work. Then I went into psychology, wanted to know how thinking works. And then I went into self-knowledge, because what I really needed to know is how I work. And uh, that's my background. So I have lots of background in science, so I could read the journals. And I went to the journals and started reading about, you know, I figured out, oh, the body's made out of food. It's actually made out of food, air, water, and light. But I was focused on food. And I said, well, if the body's made out of food and something goes wrong, the first thing you should do is... Fix your food, improve the quality of your food, raise the standard of your food. And it turns out that 98% of the atoms in your body and your body and my body and your body are removed and replaced every year. You don't notice that it's going on, but literally your body is being taken out from under you and replaced in a way that that is amazing, right? So, if you raise your standard for food, in one year, 
90% of your body will have been rebuilt to a higher standard. That's called healing. And if the body didn't always turn over once we're adults, then healing would be impossible. And we also wouldn't have to eat. Right? But we have to eat because we've got to keep bringing in new building blocks because the old ones are always being taken out mm-hmm. and discarded. Right? And so my, <clears throat> so the idea was, well, let's, let me improve my intake of foods. And the biggest area I, I discovered in my literature research is the area of fats. And I didn't know that, and we didn't learn that in university, and we weren't interested in fats because we were all studying DNA, RNA, and protein, and the code had just been broken. This was like 60s, right, 1960s. And the code, the genetic code had been broken, and, you know, everybody was excited about figuring out what the codes were and what amino acids and, you know, all that stuff, you know, it was technical, but it was exciting because we were actually getting to know the secret of life, and nobody cared about fats. Fats. (laughs) Fats. <laughs> boring, boring. So I wasn't interested either. And it turns out that with all the DNA, R, and protein, you get more problems from fats in health than any other part of nutrition. And the reason for that turns out is that oils are our most sensitive nutrients, especially omega-6, which is essential, which the body can't make, and omega-3, which is even five times more sensitive than the omega-6s. They're damaged by light, by heat, by oxygen. They should get the most care of any of our nutrients, and we give them the least care. Mm-hmm. Nothing else we throw in a frying pan and heat to 250 or 220 or 180 degrees Celsius, or that we put in a frying pan and wait till it turns into smoke. Mm-hmm. And you know you're changing chemistry when you do that. Yeah. And that kind of chemistry never existed in nature. So you're changing molecules, and the molecules didn't exist in nature. Life never made a genetic program to break them down. So when you eat those foods, they pile up in your body, and they get in the way. And they become monkey wrenches into the biochemical works in the body. Mm -hmm. So more health problems come from damaged oils than any other part of nutrition. Mm -hmm. And I was reading that, and I had cancer to look forward to, because pesticides, a lot of the pesticides cause cancer. I said, and, and these oils are associated with more inflammation, more cancer, especially when we fry them. And I said, I can't get healthy in oils like that. We should make them with health in mind. And that was, ta-da! We should make them with health in mind. So I developed a method where the, where oils, when they're being made, so they're being pressed, filtered, filled, they're protected from light, oxygen, heat from the time they're in the seed and closed to the time they've gone through the time they go through all those processes and till the time they're in the bottle, nitrogen flushed, with a box around it to cut out all the light, right? No light oxygen heat is allowed to get to them. Mm-hmm. And that, that, was, that was the invention. And that started a new industry, making oils with health in mind. So what, what's in this product here? Do you want to explain <clears throat> what, what kind of... Uh... Well, so, well, yeah, let me say one more thing. So the, the second thing that happened, 1981, when I was already thinking about it and reading the literature, it was established by researchers that omega-3 is also essential. It was known for omega-6 in 1929. It wasn't known for omega-3 until 1981. And I had an orgasm. <laughs> One of those things, yeah. you know, it's like, oh my God, we can make oils with health in mind. 
we can start making omega-3s. 99% of the population doesn't get enough. There have to be a whole lot of problems that come from not getting something that is essential that every cell needs, that hardly anybody gets enough of. And the orgasm was, oh my God, we could help so many people if we could make them with health in mind and bring them back into the, into the diet. And so we started making flaxseed oil, which is very high in omega-3s, very low in omega-6s, poorly balanced, but we didn't know that at the time. And so we, I mean, we went, we were on fire. We were broke and we were on fire and we literally started with nothing. Just, oh my God, this is incredible. It was just kind of like, hey, you finally, there's something you can do that'll actually be beneficial to not just, oh yeah, he's doing that, so let me do that, you yeah. know, but actually do something unique and original. And that's always exciting when you find something like that. So we raced around and we did a, our, <clears throat> our first tour through the United States, 35 states, 101 days, 85 cities, in a van without air conditioning, July, August, half of June, half of September, hottest months. And I slept on the floor in the van and then my driver had a, had built himself a bunk across the back. We had our clothes on a on broom on a broomstick, you know, inside the the, the van doors. Yeah. You know, they had these two open doors, the, the vans in those days. And <clears throat> did thirty uh, seventeen thousand miles by roads, thirty five states. Talked to anybody who would listen. Speaking audiences. Just telling the story of making oils with health in mind. Mm-hmm. And it, in two years, flax oil, which was the first oil I developed became the second highest selling oil in the health food trade. It's now a billion dollar industry. And we started that. And we started that with a method for making oils with health in mind. Because Flaxel was not uh, popular because of the shelf life issue. And we made people uh, refrigerate the oil. Freeze it or refrigerate it. So this is like oils made with health in mind. If if they have omega-3s and 6s in them, they belong in the fridge. But in the store, too. They're all on the shelf, right? Mm-hmm. And they've been treated with Drano window washing as they bleached, heated to frying temperature before they go in the bottle, before you get them. That's, our, that's what we wanted to replace. Oils made with health in mind. Yeah. And so that's, anyway, so that was, uh, so flax we started with. Flax is unbalanced. I became omega-6 deficient on flax oil. So I decided we need to balance it better. So the blend came out of that. And people also said, you know, fats are, complicated. Is there is there one thing I can do that gets me all the good stuff from fats and none of the bad stuff that I should avoid, right? Fats that heal, fats that kill. Two stories, opposite stories. Is there one thing that I can do that gets me all the good stuff, mm-hmm. none of the bad stuff? And that was the other reason for making the blend. So there's flaxseed oil for the omega-3s, sunflower sesame to balance the omega-6s, evening primrose oil for the antioxidants and the GLA it has. It's one of the derivatives of omega-6s. And there's coconut oil, and there is rice germ, oat germ oil. Um, this one also has some DHA in it. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that in a second. And um, uh, lecithin, GMO-free lecithin. We have to get it from Europe because you can't get it in North America. And then vitamin E. I think that's it. Nine, nine ingredients, eight of them are organic. When we started, we only could get three of them organic, and we had the commitment, we're going to get them because they're important, but when, when they become available organic, we'll make the switch, and we've literally done that. I, I mean, what we've done here is like, 
I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Yeah, because we were so, you know, people who wouldn't, everybody wanted to carry the oils when they became hot. Yeah. They're still, they're still hot, but they were really hot then. And, uh, we would say, we would have an interview, say, do you have refrigeration in your plant? If they said yes, then my, my driver would start the negotiations and see if they could work out a deal. If they said no, I said, are you willing to bring it in? If they said yes, I say, call us when you've got it. And if they said no, I would say, this is a good time to end the interview. We were so just like, we, we just set the standards and we made sure that people stuck to the standards. And, uh, and you have to do that when you're talking about something that has so much value to health, but is so sensitive in its nature. You have to do that. Awesome. So why don't we um, go a little bit back more for viewers who don't know anything about fat. So for some people, they still think that every fat is equal. There's no difference between monosaturated, between trans fats, between um, saturated fats. So why don't we just kind of decipher, okay, what is the good fat and what's the bad fat? What are the differences, but in a simplistic yeah. way? Okay. If you want to tell the story of fats and really get get your priorities clear, you have to understand from fats, and only from fats, fats and oils, mm-hmm. there are two nutrients you have to get that your body can't make. They're called essential nutrients. One is omega-6 and one is omega-3. Both are essential. What does essential mean? You can't make it in your body, but you've got to have it to live and be healthy. Therefore, it has to come in from outside. Mm-hmm. Somebody else makes it. Plants know how to make it, but our body doesn't. Yeah. Right? So it comes in from outside. If you don't get enough, your health goes down. If you don't get enough, you get deficiency symptoms that are degenerative in nature, that get worse with time. And if you don't get enough long enough, you die. That's how important it is. That's how important it is. Hang on. And the third part is, if you're going down because you're not getting enough, but before you die, because by definition, death is not reversible, before you die, you bring enough of it back into the diet, then all the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed. Mm-hmm. Because life knows exactly what to do with these things mm-hmm. in the body, provided you make sure that enough of them land in your body so life can do its job. Right? As, as cool As cool as life is, if you don't give it the building blocks it needs to make a body that works, it can do it. Right? And then the essential nutrients, there are two essential fatty acids. There are eight to eleven essential amino acids that come from protein. There are thirteen vitamins that are essential. And then there are eighteen minerals that are essential. Those are the essential nutrients. Any one of them, them, if you cut it out of your diet completely, it will kill you over time as the stores in your body get used up. So that's what it means. And and the most important thing to understand about fats is those two. You gotta bring in, you gotta optimize your intake. They need to be in the right balance to each other because otherwise one will crowd out the other or vice versa. And they need to be made with health in mind because they're so damn sensitive. And they should be in glass because oils swell plastic and plastic leaches into oil quicker than into water. You won't taste it, but it'll be there. And when you get that in your body, it'll interfere. Mm-hmm. with what needs to go on in your body. Yeah. 
Okay. So, no. Yeah. yeah. So what are, what are the, some of the symptoms of someone that's deficient in omega threes and sixes? What, you know, what kind of conditions can they experience? And then what, how, you know, how does the oil enhance, you know, the different functions of their body? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> how many, how many years do you have? <laughs> Yeah, it's a, that's the it's Basically a, because every cell needs them. Yeah. They're part of the cell membranes. Yeah. Yeah. In the membranes, there are there are channels that allow things in or take things out. Yeah. That's how the cells maintain their. You know, if you just poured uh, vinegar on the cell and the cell had no protection, you would just kill the cell. Yeah. Right. So there are channels that let things in and, and push things out. The the essential fatty acids improve the function of those channels. They are part of the energy. They actually increase uh, energy metabolic rate, especially the omega-3s. And we did studies in athletes, 40 to 60% increase in stamina, and we measured by going to exhaustion in your sport. So cycling to exhaustion or, or running to exhaustion before they started and after they started taking a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day, mixed in food, and the intake spread out over the course of the day of the blend that we work with. And 40 to 60, within a 30 days, they had 40 to 60% increase in stamina. There is not a training program on this planet that gives you that kind of benefit that fast. And this is all just because they increase oxygen metabolism. That means you bring in oxygen better. That means you can run faster because before you get tired, because you get tired because you, you, you build up oxygen debt and you re- recover quicker building down the lactic acid with oxygen, right? So you get quicker recovery, longer stamina, quicker recovery, healing in a third of the half or to a half the time. And again, I think it's a lot of it has to do with oxygen and metabolic rate and energy levels because everything every cell does requires energy give it more energy does a better job just like your body right you got no energy you can't run you can't win the marathon right if if you're dead you got no energy at all you can't do anything and that that's true on the on the physical level but it's also true on the cellular level your thyroid gland you know has a job to do very particular job if it if the thyroid cells don't have the energy they don't do as good a job. If your glands, as you get older, your glands become weaker, you give them more energy, they stay stronger for longer. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the brain, in the brain, there's a lot of essential fatty acids in the brain. Very important in vision, in sperm formation, mm-hmm. in, uh, I mean, you name it. Yeah. <clears throat> Hair grows 25% faster. Nails grow 25% faster. And they don't split and... You know, so they, and then skin becomes nice and soft and velvety. When you don't get enough oil, you dry out from the outside in. So when you get dry skin, you know you're not getting enough oil because skin gets it last and loses them first. And so that's how we measure optimum. That's how we came up with a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day. That's how we came up with that. In winter, you need more than in summer because a lot of it is burnt for energy because you need more energy. So it'll burn the good oils for energy too. And in summer you need less because you don't need to make so much energy. So I use four tablespoons in winter and I use two or three in summer to get that feel on my skin. And when my skin gets dry, I know I need more. 
In, in, in the desert, it shows up really easily because it's so dry there, whether when your skin is dry. And uh, if you're in winter, dry skin shows up way better than in summer. Yeah. So, so that's so we measured it that way and literally changes seasonally in places where the, where the weather, where the climate is cold in winter, hot in summer. In the tropics, not so noticeable. And it won't change because you're always in that heat. So why don't we get the question out of the way that I'm sure a lot of people are wondering. Um, Which one? (laughs) Does fat make you fat? Fat has never made you fat and will never make you fat. And that has never been true. And we were got completely bamboozled by the McGovern report in 1979 where they started telling us eat less fat and eat more carbs. And in 20 years of following that advice, Overweight went from 25 to 65% of the population and nobody said anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We came, when we came around, uh, well, Atkins was around at that time. I did four interviews with, with Atkins. He, he, he liked having me on because he, I was one of the few people who supported his view that fats are helpful. And he didn't use my oil because he was doing more saturated fats and fats that keep, you know, mine takes, you know, I asked him on, on the air, uh, do, you, do, you have, do you use my oil? He says, no. I said, why not? He said, we don't have refrigeration in my office. And I was like, get it! <laughs> yeah, and that's why he, he died at 72 and I'm still alive at 74. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say that. <laughs> Just cut that part no, out. No, 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 no. It's, it's all fine. Uh, no, and so fats, let me tell you why it works that way. When you eat carbs, they turn into sugar. You absorb the sugar. If you absorb the sugar faster than your body burns it, so that'll depend on how much exercise you do or, or what your metabolic rate is. If you absorb the sugar faster than you burn it, you get high blood sugar. High blood sugar is toxic. You can actually go in a coma from high blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So we have a protective mechanism after many years of nature trying things out and discarding what didn't work, came up with a method. What's the method? Hey, dump that sugar into the cells! Right? So insulin dumps the sugar into the cells, and in the cells, you either burn them or you turn them into fat. And sugar, carbs and sugar, turns on the gene for fat production. It's called fatty acid synthase or synthetase in the old days, right? And that turns a molecule of sugar into a molecule of fat. It's not quite. It's like several sugars make one fat molecule. So carbs or high blood sugar turn on that gene, and they turn off the genes for fat production. So you could have 300 pounds of body fat, and you eat carbs, And you will not burn your body fat. You will burn the carbs first, or you will turn them into even more fat. Because they're so toxic. You can only store like a pound of carbs in your body. You can store 300 pounds of fat in your body. What do you think was our fuel over the course of our history? What do you think was our main fuel? Right? And it was helpful to get fat when there was a, a, a feast... Because in a famine, if you have a little, if you have extra fat to burn, you'll, you'll survive longer than if you're skinny. Yeah. 
Right? Well, we don't have the famines in the Western world. And so we eat, eat like we were between feast and famine. And we don't, and we're not physically active because we got machines doing most of our work. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I mean, and then works against us. So when it comes to oils, fats don't turn on fat production. That doesn't make sense. You turn on, that if you eat fat, that you turn on fat production. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's illogical for the body to do that. Mm-hmm. And it, they don't turn off fat burning like carbs do. But when you do omega threes, six is less, but omega threes especially, they actively turn on fat burning and they actively turn off fat production. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example. We worked with marathon runners and in the old days, they didn't get to drink stuff while they were running. They ran the race just on water, right? They would carb load, because that, that was the, that was the religion, the marathon religion in the day, those days. They would carb load, so they'd get that pound of carbs, and they'd start running the race, and they hit about 20 miles, and they'd hit the wall, they called it. They ran out of energy because that's how far that pound of carbs gets you. 20 miles. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but the marathon's 26. And then they would drag their sorry butts for those last six miles. And we said, no, you guys are doing it wrong. Carb deplete. Carb deplete before the race. You feel crappy for a few days because you're shifting from carb burning to fat burning. And it takes a little bit of time to set it up. So you won't feel that great. But you want to be in full fat burning mode by the time you begin your marathon. And then you run the entire marathon on fats. Yeah. So the people, not everybody did it because, you know, we were like, who are you? You know, what are you telling us? No, you're not. I know we all, all the famous people, all the, everybody's saying, no, no carb load. Who are you? The people who tried it, they said, they came back and they said, wow, that was amazing. After I finished my, my marathon, I felt like I had the energy to run another one. It was so dramatic. Mm-hmm. Right? Now that's gradually changed. Because the word's gotten out, we've, we've had, certainly had something to do with that. Um, and, and, and if you do the, if you do the math, if you're 8% body fat, so it's pretty lean. If you're 8% body fat and you weigh 154 pounds, which is the average human weight, right? Average. Some bigger, some, some smaller. Women a little less, men a little more. If you, if you're normal and you're 8% body fat, you have about, I think it's about uh, 150, uh, well, who cares? Eight pounds. If you burnt 4%, half of that 8%, if you burnt 4%, you could run 300 miles on that. Oh, wow. On 4% body fat? On, on, yeah, if you burnt 4% of your body fat. Now, you can't burn all your body fat because it has other functions. Yeah. If you burned all the fat, you'd be, you'd be dead. So, but you can live, you can live on 4%, mm-hmm. and you can live on 8%. If you had 300, if you weighed 300 pounds, or if you had 300 pounds of extra fat on you, you could run 12,000 miles on that. Mm-hmm. And on the carbs, you can only run 20. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what do you think? You know, when it comes to stamina or endurance sports, yeah. fat has got to be mm-hmm. your ticket. When you're running the spurts, you know, the short term, the, yeah. those, then you get, you know, you got, you got ATP and creatine and, you know, so you can do that on carbs. Yeah. 
on what carbs turn into, but you cannot do endurance sports. And, and just to be clear, when you're talking about carbs, are you talking about carbs in general or are you talking about processed carbs versus whole food carbs? Because you can get carbs from your vegetables and whole foods as right. well. Okay, when I'm talking about carbs, I'm talking about foods that are high in carbs. So your vegetables have carbs, but they're not high carbs. I'm talking about grains and corn and uh, potatoes, that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? And there is a difference between uh, whole food carbs and refined or processed carbs. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between starch in a whole grain and starch in white flour. Mm -hmm. And there's also a difference between starch and sugar. Sugar will make your blood sugar go up fastest. Mm -hmm. Anything that requires digestion will do it slower. The more the longer it takes to do the digestion, the less it will do that. So sugar, really bad idea. White flour, still a bad idea. Whole grains, if you eat more than you burn, you will get fat on whole grains. How do I know? Personal experience, right? Yeah. But is it, is, is there a difference? Yes, there's a difference. Yeah. And the way that, the way that the, the, uh, carb addiction cycle works, there's some research that shows that carb addiction is eight times stronger addiction than cocaine addiction. Holy smokes! Why you and why is that? Why is that? Because, uh, because when you eat carbs, the, your blood sugar goes up and then it's driven into your cells and it turns into fat. I already told you that. Insulin is very good at doing that. By the time insulin is done, you have low blood sugar. Now you're hungry. And you get cravings. And then you gorge because you got to get rid of it because your body's saying eat or die, right? But then it takes time to digest the carbs. And by the time they've been digested and absorbed, you've actually eaten more than you need it because there's a time, time gap there. And then that next cycle starts, you know, high blood sugar, insulin into the cells, into fat, low blood sugar, and the craving is back. And the way you cut that is you, you, you dump the carbs and you use good oils as fuel instead. When you do that, you get stable energy, you get more energy, 40 to 60% more energy, but it's completely stable because you don't go through those, uh, the blood sugar swings, the insulin swings, the mood swings, the cravings, and the fat production. Mm -hmm. is, is there a certain percentage of calories that someone should get from carbs or sorry, from fat that's more optimal? You can go, uh, you can go from anywhere from 15%, like the low fat diets were 10% or less. People got sick on those. They all had dry skin and I would tell them, what you're doing is wrong. You need more fat than that. We are high fat creatures. You can go anywhere from 15 and, and for some of the epileptic diets, they put them on 80% of calories from fat. Now that changes their, changes their personality. But after one or two or three years, they, they get rid of the, the, the brain focus mm -hmm. for epilepsy. So you can go anywhere in there, <clears throat> but it depends what kind of fat you have too, because the more fat you have, the more essential fatty acids you need, because they all compete, okay. right? The Inuit had up to 60% of their calories as fat, but they got it mostly from raw foods, right? Mm -hmm. So they, the fats were not damaged. Fish oils in the fish, that isn't polluted and that is fresh and that is raw, like in sushi, is actually, those are good fats. 
<clears throat> but what happens in the processing, the fish oil omega-3s are even five times more sensitive than the plant omega-3s. And they don't take the care that we take with the, with the, with the, yeah. with the plant oils. Yeah. They don't ca- take that care. And so there's an enormous amount of damage as well as pollution. And over the years, more and more processing has been done to try and deal with the, with the nasty fish taste, to get rid of the PCBs and dioxins. So they've done more and more processing and more and more processing damage. And these days, when people look at the, the new studies, they don't, fish oils don't seem to help much. You know, if you, if you look at 20 years ago, fish oils worked. Yeah. If you look at further back, they worked even better. And the processing and the damage done by processing, in my view, is what is, what has made that difference. I don't use fish oils and I don't recommend them. Mm-hmm. Haven't ever. Because of the damage done by price. I know too much. <laughs> basically. It's a good point to bring to viewers because this is not common knowledge. Yeah. Now DHA, we were talking about DH, we have. Yeah. <clears throat> so first of all, the oil is a food oil. So I call it the, <clears throat> the <clears throat> food oil foundation made with health in mind. And to replace the cooking oils or the cooked oils. <clears throat> we say when you use it in food, you know, use water to cook your food. When it comes off the heat, you can add the oil. You can put it in hot soup, on steamed veggies, all of that. But you do not, do not want to use that oil for cooking because when you cook it, you damage it, and when you damage it, it damages you. Frying oils fries your health. Fried foods fry health. Yeah. <clears throat> Frying is the worst thing we've ever invested to do to our foods mm-hmm. because we burn and we change the molecules they become toxic, we don't have a way to break them down, and they interfere with what needs to go on. In you have a really good analogy in your book about <clears throat> fried foods and frying, where basically, you know, our bodies, we have kind of this brick wall, and everything, every molecule has a shape that is supposed to fit in it. But when you yeah. fry foods, you alter the natural chemistry of the molecules, and they don't fit into the brick wall. So when you have fried yeah. foods a couple times, okay, the wall is going to still stand up. But when you're having this consistently in your yeah. diet, that wall is going to come down, and you're going to start getting degenerative diseases. Yeah. And most deaths are related to gen- degenerative diseases, right? Yeah, or old age. Or old age. Mm-hmm. But premature deaths? Mostly based, mostly uh, on uh, problems with air, water, food. Yeah. And damaging the foods is huge. Processing is the biggest problem in our food supply. Because nature's uh, mandate was fresh, whole, raw, organic. Every creature eats everything raw, yeah. except for us mm-hmm. and the animals that depend on us. So if you are, you know, is there certain oils that are more safe to cook with? And if so, if someone is going to cook that's watching this, you know, and ideally it's not to use it, but are there certain oils that are more stable to cook with? There are some oils that are less toxic, <laughs> but there are none that are good to fry with. Okay. No, because because if you look, if you use hard fats, yeah. they're the most stable. So butter, coconut, shea butter, cocoa butter. Palm mm-hmm. oil, right? Which is saturated. They're mostly saturated fats, so they don't have a lot of double bonds, and they're not sensitive to damage by light, oxygen, and heat the way the essential fatty acids are. But if you turn food brown with them or food black with them, you know you're changing molecules, so you're still creating toxicity. Mm-hmm. 
That's why I recommend never, ever, 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 ever use anything for frying. Yeah. Even though, I mean, people say, oh, yeah, you can use coconut, no problem. But you know who says that? Not the people who care for your health, but the people who want to sell you oil. Yeah. And they know a lot of people cook with oil, so they want to sell more oil for cooking. Mm -hmm. That's what started that whole problem, you know. We used to cook in water. When I was a kid, mostly your food was done in water. We put the, cut the steak in cubes and throw it in the, in the stew with the veggies. Tasted great. Wasn't burnt. And then the industry said, oh, my God. They all use water for cooking. Imagine how much oil we could sell if we yeah. could get them to use oil for cooking. And then they bamboozled our parents or grandparents into doing that. Changed the habit. Used to be called frying. Now cooking with oil is called cooking. Yeah. But cooking was always with water. Yeah. And so if you want to be healthy, eat as much raw as you can, if you can. Take enzymes with it if you need to. And probiotics, because that helps. If you're going to cook, cook in water mm -hmm. and leave the, leave the fats out of it. And fats or oils. Right. Just to put that into perspective for everyone. So, you know, you go out to dine, you go and you have calamari. And calamari is being deep fried. And do yeah. you, the oils, I mean, we talked about how oils get damaged by oxygen, heat, and, um, <coughs> and, and light. light. Mm -hmm. So that oil has been sitting there for God knows how long. And yeah. it's just completely changed the whole... Yeah, yeah, and so they were in the deep fryer, they just yeah, keep so the oil is boiling so the whole time. And they can, the only reason why it doesn't turn black is because you'll keep putting food in and taking the dirty yeah. oil out. And all those and then adding oil, right? are destroyed too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what, what happens when you... Uh, and you see it with people who eat a lot of fried foods. When they get older, they have problems breathing because the damaged oils interfere with oxygen metabolism. And then they have no energy. Yeah. Right? We touched on a little bit how, you know, in Western society, we don't have, we don't have issues with famine. I mean, most of us aren't starving. Yet, uh, a big part of the population is malnourished and suffers from malnutrition. Mm -hmm. So how is it possible that yet we can have so much food and be and eating all the time, yet we suffer from malnutrition? Well, the difference, the distinction is between essential, essential nutrients that we're not getting enough of, that's why we're malnourished. And fuel. And we're getting too much fuel, but not enough nutrients. And the fuel will make you fat. Yeah. The carb f fuel, right, especially. You can actually get fat on proteins as well. right? Mm -hmm. But with fats, it's harder because when you eat too much fat, you, you don't feel like eating. It yeah. suppresses your appetite. If you take too much oil at any one time, you get nauseous. Or you feel heavy and tired. I mean, I don't like oil. No, it's you're just you're taking too much at any one time. Your liver has to process it. When you when your liver is full up in its processing capacity, it lets you know. Yeah. Right? That's your liver telling not so much, so fast. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why we say spread it out, spread out your intake over the course of the day. Mm -hmm. And you sometimes, if you haven't been on a on a had fats in your diet, sometimes your liver capacity has gone down. Just like your muscle, you never use it; it goes small, right? Well, liver, if you don't process oils in your liver, then your liver capacity goes down. So what we then say to people is, well, take a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight. If you can't do that, take one tablespoon. If yeah. you can't do that, take a teaspoon. If you can't take a teaspoon, take a few drops. Yeah. If you can't take a, a drop, take a whiff. Yeah. But you got to start and you got to get your body back up to speed 
to be able to process oils. Mm-hmm. And, and this because product important. Yeah, this product here you can find. I think he said forty different countries. Yeah, about forty countries all over the world. Whole Foods, health food stores. Yep. So you know you can find this pretty much everywhere. I've been a yeah. fan of it. It's for in years. the fr- refrigerated. Yeah. In the refrigerator in the supplement section. And you in want the, the one with DHA, DHA. right? Because there's one. I think well, there's also <clears> one without. Yeah. The. I still haven't got to DHA. Okay. No. So what we did is the original was the Udo's Oil Three Six Nine blend. And that's this, the food oil foundation. Now, why that? Because people take a supplement because they think they need a supplement to get healthy. But the supplement will not fix what's wrong with your food oil foundation. You have to change the foundation. 369 is that. DHA is a supplement. So you get it in fish, you get it in krill. There's other sources as well. You can also get it from uh, algae. Because actually, all the D, most of the DHA in the fish is actually made by algae at the bottom of the feed chain. And now those algae are grown in tanks, and they make DHA. And if you can get that DHA made with health in mind, because you could also take that DHA and run it through, yeah. right, drain a window washing acid, bleach and fry it. Yeah. But if you get it unrefined, then you're getting... You're getting the food foundation and supplement. And that's particularly for pregnant women, for breastfeeding women, for children in the first five years. And now there's research that shows that if you take DHA after 50, the brain shrinks if you take DHA. The DHA prevents that from happening. Now, now what's not so clear, but I'm saying, is that if you make sure you optimize your intake of foundation your body will actually do the conversion. And if you eat properly in line with nature, then conversion has never been the problem. Not getting enough starting material is the big problem in our society. Great. And then beyond this, is there certain foods that people should be eating a lot more of that contain omega-3s, whether that's avocados or olive oils or whatever, whether additional food. Yeah, <clears throat> there's a little bit. Uh, the in avocado oil is about five percent omega three, so it's pretty low. Yeah. You know, the the in that one uh, omega three is about forty percent. Forty percent is pretty high. Yeah. Uh, flax oil is about fifty eight percent, but that's too high. Mm-hmm. Chia seed is too high. Uh, perilla seed is too high. So it's the ratio. Really so the ratio is important. Yeah. Okay. That's why the blend, that's why I talk about the blend and not about flax oil by itself. Cause I became yeah. omega 60 fish and I got dry eyes, skipped heartbeats, arthritis like pain in my finger joints mm-hmm. and thin papery skin. Classic omega 60 deficiency symptoms. Fixed them by eating sunflower seeds because they have only omega 6 and no omega 3. Yeah. yeah. It went away. Yeah, in a few weeks. So it's important to, I guess, eat those foods, but at the yeah. same time, the supplement yeah. as well. Eat them for the foods. Yeah. Yeah, seeds and nuts are good foods, yeah. but uh, I, can't, I can't get my skin. I tried this in California in summer when I need less oil. I couldn't keep my skin from getting dry by just eating flax, sunflower, and sesame seeds in the same ratio as in the blend. I wasn't getting enough. And you can only take so much because the flax seeds swell like to six times their volume, yeah. right? Because yeah. they have this mucilage fiber on it. So I couldn't do it. Yeah. So eat, eat the seeds and nuts. It's perfect. You know, yeah. don't, don't buy my oil unless you need it. Supplement <laughs> right? when you can or yeah. when you don't have. Just this, yeah. If you, but if you can't get your skin uh, soft yeah. and velvety, then, then add oil to the seeds and nuts you eat. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to, is that the way that you measure it based on the skin or is there it's, blood tests? That's the way I measure it. Well, you can do blood tests. 
people send me blood tests all the time. Doctors right. send me blood tests. And they say, <clears throat> could you explain this to me? You can measure plasma. You get a different, uh, a different fatty acid profile. You can measure red blood cells. You get a different fatty acid profile. You can measure fat tissue. You get a different fatty acid profile. And nobody really knows what's going on there. So the, the idea is, so I, I use skin because omega-3 and 6 together form a barrier in the skin against the, lo- the loss of moisture, if you get enough. And if you don't get enough, your skin gets dry because your internal organs get preference. Because you can live with dry skin, but if your heart dried out, yeah. that'd be a serious problem. And so the way nature arranged it is you dry out from the outside in. So if your skin is soft and velvety, you know the rest of your body has what it needs. Mm-hmm. If your skin is dry, you know you need you yeah. need to take a little more. Awesome. So I want to switch gears a little bit again, and I want to talk about <laughs> cholesterol. So a lot of people uh, suffer from high cholesterol and, and may think, you know, they may not know I the think, difference between LDL, <laughs> LDL and HDL yeah. cholesterol. Yeah. And then I also want to touch on the fear of saturated fats when you do have high cholesterol and can they help you? Uh, what can you do about it? And yeah. tell me, is it good to eat the whole egg? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, first of all, if you think about, I took a year of medicine. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn what health is because I thought I could help people get healthy if I knew what health is. Somebody departs from health, I could turn them in the direction of health, give them a push and watch them get better. But I'd have to know what direction to push them in. So I thought I'd go to medicine to learn that because they call it healthcare. And I found out it's actually only about disease. We didn't learn anything about health. And I was very disappointed. I talked to the dean. I said, what is health? He says, we don't know. We're working on it. They're not working on it. Study disease instead of health. Yeah, they're not working on it. You know, how long do you have to look into darkness before you know what light is? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. You want to know light, you got to look at light. You want to know what darkness is, you look into the darkness. So they know more and more about disease and less and less about health. So I went back into biological sciences where you study how it works when it's working. Right? It wasn't disease based. It was biology based. So that, so, um, so why was, why, why was, why, oh yeah, so cholesterol. So you talk about cholesterol. Cholesterol is unbelievably important in the body. Yeah. Unbelievable. And your body makes it. If you don't get any in your food, your body makes it anyway. Why? Because you need it in the cell membranes to regulate the fluidity of your cell membranes. Bile acids are made from it. Steroid hormones are made from it. Both the male and female gender sex hormones, mm-hmm. and the stress hormones. They're made from it. Vitamin D is made from it. You know, this is, <laughs> like, this is like really important stuff. And you need LDL because that's the vehicle that transports cholesterol from your liver to the rest of your body, and you need LDL to bring it back. And you're supposed to have an exit mechanism. And the exit mechanism is... Your body makes cholesterol, but once it's made, your body has no way to break it down. So there has to be an exit mechanism. What's the exit mechanism? Goes in the liver, gets dumped in the digestive tract, ends up in your toilet. But only if you have enough fiber in your diet, and fiber comes from plants, but not from animals. So if you eat only animal foods, up to 94% of the cholesterol is reabsorbed into your body, and you've lost your exit mechanism. 
get yourself a little stress on top of that, that increases cholesterol production because, because the body needs it to make stress hormones. So you get rid of the exit and you increase production. Gee, I think you're going to get high, high cholesterol, mm-hmm. right? And then everything else is smoke and mirrors. Everything else is smoke and mirrors. You, you know, they, some of the drugs interfere with cholesterol production, but then they also interfere with coenzyme Q10 production. Coenzyme Q10 is a very important antioxidant in your energy production cycle. And you end up no, having no energy. And there's a law against giving you coenzyme Q10, even though you've interfered with its production in your body. I mean, it's crazy. It is completely crazy. If you go on a, on a plant-based diet, let's just say you eat nothing but plants, your cholesterol will go down to about a hundred and below 150 total cholesterol. And only under 150 is there complete freedom of cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. Even the, even the, the research that's done is not taking, is not making that clear. Right? Mm-hmm. So the best diet is, is a plant-based whole food diet, but you, you need B12 with that because that comes from animals. And we are not 100% plant-based creatures. And what's not clear in the research is how much of the damage that animal products do comes from the fact they're animal products and how much comes from the fact of how they're mass-produced with hormones and pesticides and antibiotics and, you know, and the way they're kept and all the chemicals they put in them so that the meat doesn't dry out. So there's a lot that's going on. And that's not being separated out in the research yet, as far as I know. So we, we, we probably once a month, maybe once every three months, probably would be enough meat for, to keep us healthy. Like the gorillas, you know, they, they eat leaves, but in every once in a while in the leaf, there's a worm. <laughs> now, they don't eat, they don't eat worm infested shrubbery, right? <clears throat> but, but they will get some animal Stuff. Same with the cows. Cows are vegetarians, but there's bugs and grass. So they, so they get, so they get some stuff from, they get some animal product from, you know, nothing is like so 100%, right? You have air mixed in water and water mixed in air and, you know, water in the rocks and dust in, in the air and dust in the water. So, you know, nature, nature doesn't make like 100% purity of anything. You know, we are mixtures. Yeah. So would the the main reason for high cholesterol be uh, animal byproducts and not enough fiber? Could you kind of line up like that? That would be one of the main ones, and the other one's stress. And stress. So then to reverse that, you want to reduce your stress, increase your intake of raw foods, and decrease your intake of animal byproducts. You know how to reduce stress? How? Meditate. Yeah, leave it outside. Right? Yeah. Because when you think about it, what stresses us, right? We always say, oh, you know, he stressed me or that situation stressed me. Actually, it's not true because there are some people that don't get stressed by him yeah. and that don't get stressed by their... You just got to work on yourself. Why? Why? Because they don't care. They don't care. They don't want it to be different than it is. Mm-hmm. So what happens is if something happens and you have an idea in your head, it should be this way, but it's this way, and then you, you try to force it, to be the way you want it to be when it's not the way you want it to be. 
And then you, a whole thing goes on in your head, and that's how you create stress in your own body. Mm-hmm. If you didn't give a hoot, yeah. if you didn't give a hoot, you wouldn't get stressed. Yeah. And people say, well, you need to get stressed so you get your work done. No, you don't. When you're calm, yeah. you get more done than when you're stressed. Now, something other than escaping from danger, you're supposed to get stressed to ex- escape from danger. So there's, there is a place for stress, but most of our stress is mental, and we create it ourselves. And yes, meditation is absolutely, or some, some awareness, some awareness practice that gets your awareness to, to walk from your head and your thinking and your ideas and your beliefs and all that stuff into something that's more relaxed. Because yeah. all that, all the, your stu- all the thoughts are in, just in your cortex. There's no thoughts in your kneecap. Mm-hmm. There's no thoughts on your bum sitting on the on the chair. There's no thought in following your breathing. That's mm-hmm. why following your breathing is <clears throat> recommended. You know, even even people don't meditate. They say, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Right? If yeah, you're stressed, relax. take a deep breath. Or smoking. Yeah. Yeah. Smoking is a form of yoga. Did you know that? Yeah. You know, because somebody told me one time. Uh, I had a I had a girlfriend who smoked, and we were working in health. And I said, Why do you smoke? He said, it calms me down. Mm-hmm. So I came home. I was, I was in California. I came home and I was talking to my son, who's a fitness trainer, Ty, right? I said, I told him that story. She said, she said it makes it calm. He said, well, that's a lot of BS because when you actually measure it, smoke increases your heart rate, it increases your breathing rate, it agitates your system. So now I go, okay, well, that makes sense. But her experience... Also makes sense. Why is it that smoking calms people down when it actually doesn't calm them down? And I realized it's like because you go. So I call them material yogis. You know, the yogis, they just, they just, if you're a material yogi, you gotta have something, right? And the cigarette serves that function. The moment you get that taking deep breaths is good for calming yourself down, you can save the money you spend on cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And, and, just, and you don't get all the side effects from it, right? Yeah. And just to jump back, last point with the cholesterol. Um, so the top recommendation, one of the top recommendations for people with high cholesterol yeah. is to decrease their fat intake. So just briefly, what's yes. your opinion if on you, that? No. Okay, so if your cholesterol is high and you eat a lot of saturated fats, yeah. that might have an effect. There's, this, there's, there's research that comes down on both sides of that one. If you eat carbs that turn into fat, that seems to have a correlation with cholesterol because mm-hmm. cholesterol fats are also made, made from the same building blocks. Okay. So you maybe make more fats and more cholesterol because you have the same problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but fundamentally, yeah, fundamentally, cholesterol is not your enemy. So Never been your enemy. So I would say, eat more weeds, eat more, eat more herbs and spices, eat more plant-based, eat more whole foods, eat less animal-based foods, mm-hmm. uh, and you can, yeah, and and leave the stress outside. Give ulcers instead of getting them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, don't don't give ulcers. <laughs> yeah. Don't give ulcers. You know, yeah. nobody needs ulcers. But but leave the stress outside by by getting more present in your own life. Yeah. Right? Okay, cool. I want to ask you a few more before we wrap up. Um, 
Coming back to this, what's the difference between taking in the oil form versus soft gels? Because I know there's a lot of oh, yeah. different oils <clears throat> that soft gel, but it's maybe not refrigerated. And what's yeah. maybe elaborate on that? Well, you know, soft gel, when you take a soft gel, it's like a supplement. You get a gram in a soft gel. And this is food. Yeah. I take two to four tablespoons a day. That's 28 to 56 grams. If I wanted to take, that's my optimum in winter, 56 grams, right? To get that optimum would be 56 capsules. 56 capsules, three times more expensive than the oil because it's expensive to encapsulate. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense to do that. You do that with supplements. Now, why do we make it? Sometimes when people travel, it's better to get some oil than to get nothing. But when you're at home... Don't use the capsule. Use the oil. Mix it in food. Lose it in your favorite foods. It enhances flavors and improves absorption of nutrients. Yeah. So, so that was for for travelers. But some people think of it as the oil as a supplement. Yeah. It is not a supplement. Yeah. It is a it is a basic basic. It's like green vegetables, yeah. and green vegetables are a very good partner for good oils. Mm-hmm. You know, the good oil is a food. The green vegetables are a food. You know, you you wouldn't hear somebody say. Oh, I heard about mineral vitamin supplements and I'm really impressed, so I'm not going to eat food anymore. I'm just going to take mineral vitamin mm-hmm. supplements. Yeah. If somebody told you that, you'd say, you're crazy. That's yeah. not going to work. Because yeah. you're, you're supposed to supplement the food. You're not supposed to replace the food with the supplement. You're supposed to supplement the food with the supplement. So you want to eat the best food you can, yeah. the healthiest food you can, and then you may do better if you supplement mm-hmm. with something. And some people do better when they add a supplement. Yeah. <clears throat> but not that many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most people don't need the supplements if they take care of their food. It's a great point because a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, I take three soft gels per day. I'm getting enough omega-3s. But no, you're not getting enough. you got to no. take an actual food product yeah. to be able to sufficiently get that. Yeah, and, there, and, the, and the food product has so many different functions including making all the things that the supplement has. Mm-hmm. And then out of the supplements, the body makes a whole bunch of other things, hormones and, and uh, anti-inflammatories and antioxidants and immune-enhancing and feel-good, you know, endocannabinoids. You know, people smoke marijuana to get the cannabinoids that make them high. Well, your body makes feel-good molecules. That, they're called endocannabinoids because they're cannabinoids made in your own body. So your mm-hmm. body makes your own high out of omega-3s, yeah. right? So this is one of the functions they have. Awesome. But they have a ton of functions. So you get all of that when you get the foundation right. When you take the supplement, you're just getting like a piece of it. And if you need a supplement because you don't have that right, you're going to have lots of other problems in your diet too or other problems in your health that are not going to be addressed simply because you're not living in line with nature. You can't be healthy if you don't live in line with nature and your nature and its requirements. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I have two more questions before we wrap up that I think are important to touch on as well. Uh, the first one is I want to get into hydrogenated fats, but I don't want to go too yeah. deep with it. But yeah. I think it's important because a lot of people live off of that margarine and yeah. short means. And these hydrogenated oils are actually so bad for you. And if you can explain why and uh, maybe an alternative for that. Yeah, they, <clears throat> when, when oils are processed, they, they change form. 
one of the ways that the, the molecules get twisted, that changes the shape from this way to this way. And that cha- completely changes the properties. And trans fatty acids that are these twisted molecules, um, they double risk of heart attack, they increase diabetes, they interfere with immune function, they interfere with reproduction in animals, both male and female. Hasn't been done in, in human, no studies in humans for that. Uh, and cause all kinds of problems. And according to Harvard School of Public Health, kill 30,000 Americans every year. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 30,000. And now, they're, of course, they've fallen into disrepute, but you still get them in airplane food because there's no labels on some of those foods, snack foods. And if there's no label on it, they use those cheap fats. Trans fats. Trans fats, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they should not be in the diet. Now, there are some trans fats that, that are found in cows. CLA is one of them. Yeah. Conjugated linoleic acid. I, I don't recommend it. You can live better without it. You know, but that one is the least harmful of the of the trans fatty acids. Mm-hmm. But there are lots of other problems that that are yeah. in in damaged fats, and margarines and shortenings are falling out of disrepute. They're being replaced. The trans fats are being replaced with saturated fats, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's better. But the most important thing when it comes to fats is still always going to be you got to get the threes and yeah. you got to get the sixes and you got to get them in the right ratio. And they need to be undamaged, made with health in mind, organic without pesticides. Yeah. Right? And when you when you get rid of your frying pan and you get good oils, it makes a huge difference. I'll just mm-hmm. tell you one story. When I was 38, I had arthritis in my knees. And it wasn't like really severe yet, but if I just put a little pressure, bent my knees, put a little pressure on my knees, they hurt. I'm 74 now. I have no pain in any of my joints. The biggest change I've made in terms of my eating habits. I don't eat fried foods and I get oils made with health in mind. It's the biggest issue. But I also use enzymes for digestion and probiotics for digestion health. I do I do other good things. But the single most important, you know, more health problems, more physical health problems come from damaged oils than any part of any other part of nutrition. And more benefits will come with from oils made with health in mind than any other part of nutrition. And uh, last question I have, um, you know, Udo, you look amazing, 74. And I want to know, maybe you can give three tips to <coughs> viewers of how to age without disease and to be just vibrant and healthy um, throughout the years. So what are your top three tips for people? Okay, one we've spent an hour talking about, or however long. Uh, So I would say the single most important issue on the planet is disconnection from ourselves, from the core of our own being, Mm -hmm. from from our life, but even from the the source of our awareness. Mm -hmm. In that place is where our contentment and our peace live. And peace is unbelievably good for health. Probably the single most important thing to do. When you have that, everything else becomes easy. When you're discontent, you're always going to be going around looking for, what can I do that will get me taken care of? And you're going to do it on the outside, and nothing will do it, because it's actually on the inside where you need to find that. Mm -hmm. So taking the time to be by yourself, to sit still, to feel what it feels like, to be alive, 
to do what you can to get more fully present in all of your being. That's probably job one. Not nutritional. That's job one. Mm-hmm. Number two, get comfortable living in a wild world. That's easy to do when you're fully present because you can actually stay fully present while you do what you need to do on, in, on the outside. And in terms of nu- nutrition, I'm giving you four. Make sure your water is clean, fresh, clean, alkaline. And make sure your oils are made with health in mind and have omega-3 and 6 in the right ratio and come in glass bottles. Love it. And are refrigerated and are never, ever, ever used for fry. Love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, that, that, that's some amazing advice. I've learned a lot. And I want yes. to thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. And just for those that are watching right now, I want to recommend this product here, Udo's Oil. Uh, we're going to have a link, some links below this video for you guys too. We'll have the book right here, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. You've also got a new book that's coming. You want to share with people a little yeah, bit about that? I finally, I, when I was, I, this is the long story, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was born in, during the Second World War. And I was not yet three when we were refugees fleeing from the tanks and the trucks of the communists. Mm-hmm. And we were fleeing west to Germany because we had German background. And the Allies were shooting at us from planes. And I don't remember the pictures. I just remember the fear and the terror and the anxiety. And I had that like for 45 years. Whenever there was tension in the room, I would start to shake. When I was six years old, we were in Germany and people were arguing about things that I thought as a six-year-old were trivial. And I said, there's got to be a way that people can live together in harmony. And I'm going to find out how. That's my mission. That's been my mission. So I went into, because I couldn't depend on much. So I wanted to know how things work through science, then through bio, then through psychology, then through self-knowledge. And, and what I've, what I, and I, my first step was to make sense of fats. And my two other missions are to, to turn health into a systematically organized, teachable, consumer friendly field. And to do the same thing with human nature, because we are the only problem on the planet. And we have to ask ourselves, what is it about us that makes it, makes us such a problem? And when it comes down to it, it's that disconnection again. So what I've done, uh, the book is called The Book on Total Sexy Health. Everybody wants to be sexy. Hardly anybody understands that health is the foundation of sexy. And there are eight pieces to it. The eight key parts designed by nature is the subtitle. There are eight parts. Everything affects health. So if you want to be fully healthy and fully present, you've got to give eight all parts of your na- nature and your nature its due. And I'm just finishing it. I'm just totally, it, I, you know, it's like, yes, this is what I came on this planet for. Right? So the, the book on Total Sexy Health and the website will be totalsexyhealth.com. So, and we're going to play. Yes. And we look forward to reading Thanks. it. So yeah. we'll definitely link all and, that stuff down below. Yeah. And you can follow him on, on Facebook. We'll yeah. link to your website yeah. and everything Perfect. too so you can get notified of that. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just want to thank you yes, so much thank for taking you. the time. Yeah, well, really thank appreciate you, thank it. You for do, thank you for letting me spoke. Yes. You're just <laughs> so knowledgeable yeah, yeah. and I'm so glad that we can share that with people. Yeah. I'm glad, to, I'm glad you can too because honestly, 8 billion people could live their lives lit up from within because the light's already there. So it's a matter of looking into it instead of away from it. 
If we did, we'd feel so taken care of by life, because life takes perfect care of us, that we wouldn't steal each other's stuff. When we're like that, we could live in harmony. If we lived in harmony, everybody's basic needs could be taken care of without anybody having to sacrifice anything. And it's built into our nature to be able to do it, but we got to get present to our nature. That's that's the job one is homework, <laughs> homework, right? And uh, there's no reason why eight people couldn't do that. That's about time we did, you know. We've been screwing around for two hundred thousand years. It's time. Awesome. It's time we got smart. Yeah. I agree. Great. Great. Well, thank you everyone uh, for watching this video, and thank you Udo once thank again. You. Once again, if you guys enjoyed this, make sure you hit the thumbs up button and check out Udo's work below. We'll link to it. And any final yeah. words you want to say? And like, yeah, like my Facebooks. My my yeah. daughter runs my Facebooks, and she likes likes, and she's yeah. yeah. She's trying to get ten thousand. She's only got. Oh, we'll she's happen. only got three. We'll make that happen, Everybody you guys. Yeah, thank you. Link. Yeah, and Udo's and choice Instagram. official uh, Facebook. Great. Yes. Like like like. She yeah. does. It's cool. It's how we stay in touch with people. People ask questions. We yeah. It's it's awesome. very nice. It's good. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So thanks so much for guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. Make sure to visit the blog at www.projectlifemastery.com for more videos, podcasts, and articles that can help you take your life to the next level. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.